Welcome to this episode of Ripping on Bodice Rippers. I'm Kim. And I'm Jenny. And today we will be talking about The Devil Wears Black by LJ Shen. But before that, <laughs> we should catch up. Yeah, because it's been a minute. It's been a hot minute. And for that, I'm sorry. Well, we had things going on. Yeah, like we graduated college. We did. Not on the same day. No, unfortunately not. We do go to the same college, but, um, well, we went to the same college. Oh, oh God. Um, but they split it up by majors. So you chose your biology major over your English major. I'm a fool. Ooh. It's so weird. Because like, yeah. I went on my little portal today. Oh, God. And it says alum. Ew. And I was like, ooh. Okay, I haven't told you this. And I was thinking about telling you that. I was like, oh, maybe it's a good podcast idea instead. Um, I've Have you been having, like, dreams about graduating or, like, not being a student? I've had anxiety dream not about graduating but about school. Like, I yeah. I woken up in a cold sweat because I thought I missed an assignment. Yes, yes. Okay, me too. Because I had a dream, like, oh, God, it was literally, like, last night or the other night. Where I woke up in the middle of the night being like, oh my God, how did I even graduate? I missed all those classes. You didn't graduate. This is all a lie. I had a dream similarly when I was at work and I was like, oh my God, my final paper is due like at 5 p.m. Yeah. I have nothing and I'm at work and I can't work on it because I have to do these charts. And it's like, ooh, and then I wake up and my heart is pounding and then it took me i look over because my cap and gown is still hung up outside yeah. of my closet and i look over and i was like oh right that happened not already? a student yeah i'm fine <laughs> yeah i think do we have trauma maybe <laughs> thanks dreams, or just like being a student and overachiever and like just people pleaser yeah um but it's just like so odd to think that I, at least for me, I won't be a student for like a couple years. Like I'm thinking about grad school, but like who knows if it'll Good actually happen. So like if I ever do like another secondary education or higher education, it'll probably be when I'm like 25. Mm-hmm. And it's wild to think I'll have like a good three years. Not being a student. Not being a student. Yeah. It's you're like kind of scary. You're going to be just... Just a person. Just a person. Who am I if not a student? I think I tweeted a very funny joke that didn't get as much attention as I would like it to. But I said, uh. what am I without my onion? I didn't see that. Did it, I didn't see it on my homepage. I would have liked it. Thank you. Yeah. But yeah, onion is like the student ID username that UNC gives us. Yeah. And it, it's going to delete in like 180 days. Okay. So that means I need to like go through my email. Yes. I have like... <laughs> 10,000 unread emails. Oh my god. Because I'm on so many listservs and stuff. What am I without her? I don't know. Who am I without her? Yeah, I'm having an identity crisis. Okay. (laughs) And oh, but also, real quick segue. So I saw a tweet the other day that was like, newsflash moving to a new city won't solve your problems. I've seen that tweet. And I was like, the violence this has on me. <laughs> I screenshotted it and sent it to my best friend because that's essentially what she did. And she was like, okay, wow. I am. That I was bought rude. a ticket to that boat and I will be boarding. But, you're, but you're also going with like an intention in- of looking for a job. 
Right. Which is different. I am. But like, at least for my romantic problems, I'm like acting Arguably, as if- you're going into a smaller pond with a lot more fish. I am. Yeah. New York is packed. But then, God, I'm going to have to go through so many bad ones, Kim. I mean, not necessarily. I may, if the ratios are the same. I don't want to say what I'm about to say because it makes me sound like... Go ahead. It makes me sound bad and I'm going to jinx myself. So I'm knocking on well, wood. Knock. Yep. I haven't had any bad first dates. Uh, knock on that wood again. I surely have. Have I told you that story about the one time I went on a Tinder date and I wasn't sure how to pronounce his name? Um, and we were like chatting back and forth. This was like my freshman no. year of college. Oh my God. I forgot I forget his name now, but I was like 18. It was like fall semester, like first my very first semester of college and I was on Tinder. Um, and this was before the great debacle of sophomore year that made me stop yes. talking to men. Yes. Um so I was like nervous and insecure, but like what 18-year-old isn't? Right. And so um and he had, he was graduated. He was like 22, 23. Ooh. Yeah. Hey. A scandal. Yeah. And so um, I was, like, at my parents' place for the weekend, and, like, my sister was there, so it must have been a long weekend. And he kept being, like, let's hang out. And I was, like, working on homework, and I was just, like, obviously, like, not wanting to hang oh. out. Like, he was not picking it up. Uh-oh. I was just, like, oh, well, I'm working on a paper, and I'm hanging out with my family. And he was, like, well, are you doing anything, like, later tonight? <gasps> And he just, like, kept pushing. And I wasn't even that into him. But then I, like, felt guilty and oh, stuff. Like, ew. oh, I, like, owe it to them because I, like, am taking up his time right. talking to him. Right. That gross. Yes. That gross thing. Um, so we went to this sushi place that I just, like, love for dinner. And um, it's right by a movie theater that I was going to, like, see, like, Thor Ragnarok with my sister later that night. That was my, like, scapegoat. Cute. Um, and very smart. Thank you. Thank you. And my mom was, like, worried. So she made me, like, you know, have a whole backup plan. What I didn't know was that Angela, my sister, would take her friend, also named Jenny, to the same sushi place at the same time so that they could watch the date. Oh, which only made it worse. And before the date, I was like, surely he's going to introduce himself. And he did not. And I was... So I still weren't sure how I'm to I'm not sure how to name. pronounce his name to this day. I forgot it now. And back then, I didn't know. I was, like, unsure of, like, is it rude to ask how I pronounce their name? Where, right. like, obviously today I would do that from the get-go. Yes. Um. So the whole entire time, I didn't know. And he was like what are you studying? And ask me like these big questions of like, what do you want to do? And like, oh what's your plan? Gosh. And I'm like, sir, I'm like I probably a here. month into college. Like I, I'm just, I'm just here. <laughs> like I'm, I'm the newbie college type who's like feeling intimidated. So I go back home and that's why you're seeing me right now Ooh. because I went back to my parents' place for a weekend. So it was just weird. And then like, he was like, so what are you talking about in your classes? And I was taking an intro to like women's and gender studies and we were talking about rape culture. <gasps> and so we started fun, talking light. about <laughs> fun topic. So we started talking about rape culture on our date. And I mean, that's one way to weed them out. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. And he was, he was, I don't know what he said, but I was like, well, it's actually like about power, not sex. And he's like, well, sure. Fine. Oh, I was like, yeah, it was very strange. And like, 
we had to wait a while for our table so we were just like walking around this like mini mall oh, situation no. oh no because none of us made reservations yeah and so we had to wait for like 40 minutes and there's like oh. nothing to do so we just kept like walking around and maybe I just have like an aversion to like touching that I need to like get over or just accept but he like kept putting his arm around me and then I would like slowly like walk diagonally so his arm would like fall away and I was like why did he try and like kiss me after this like he like leaned in and I just like took a step back man's read no vibes I was like sir I have like literally brought up heavy topics done no flirting and like stuffed my face with like sushi like not attractive and he never, he didn't get it. And I like literally was like, oh, well, my sister wants to actually go to this earlier showing. So I got to go. Yelling. Mm-hmm. I mean, great. Thank you. Love that for you. Love the escape route. Yeah. Dating. I've also tweeted about this. It's mm-hmm. such a different type of anxiety for women. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, guys are just like, oh, like, what if she's like not cool and i don't right. have a good time i'm gonna have to leave but we're like okay but what if he murders me or right. sells me into the traff the sex trafficking ring and i mm-hmm. and that's it that's over it's that's over for it. me like what if he's like overly pushy like assaults me like it's there's huge. so many other yeah considerations i think the pressure of that on little freshman jenny yeah was just too much yeah. Which is okay. It's understandable. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't even get on the apps till, like, junior year because I wasn't ready. Right. Um, <laughs> The apps. Tell. What's your romantic life been like, Kim? Look, <laughs> that was a pointed question. <laughs> yeah, it was. I'm just here to report that a couple episodes ago we talked about... Actually, last episode. Yeah, right? last it was episode. Eve Brown. Mm-hmm. And we were squealing over the pond scene. Yeah. I, I can say... Just as romantic. I didn't fall in. Right. No Thank one, God. <laughs> neither of us went into the body of water. Good. But there was a lake. There was a field. There was moonlight. There was moonlight. Mm-hmm. It's hot. If my romance life is dry like the Sahara Desert, yours is like a turbulent sea. <laughs> I'm like, sometimes. Like, Please don't say wet. Don't no. say wet. Sometimes it looks like smooth sailing. And sometimes I'm like, girl, are What's you okay? Happening? I'm aware. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, thanks. We both have like the opposite problems. We just need to meet in the middle. I I would love to have some calm storms or no storms. I no would have storms. I would love some calm waters. Mm-hmm. But I mean it's fun while yeah. it's You're um, like maybe not like a storm. You're just um oh god. Like a water slide. It's just, it's bumpy <laughs> and like it's fast, right? And you're just I like, like that you're sticking with the water imagery. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah. I mean, it was good. He mm-hmm. did all the, it felt like he studied rom coms right before and just somehow knew all the tropes that I liked. I mean, Listen, I already told you about I this. I can't but have like, a crush on your crush, Kim. It's, it's not a crush. Well, you can have a crush on people you're seeing. Okay, well, we're at the crosswalk, mm-hmm. and it's like, you know, the red light, and it's counting down, so we still have time to walk, and Mans goes, oh, we can make it, let's go, and that's when he, we haven't touched this whole time, but we kept doing that thing when you're walking side by side, and you keep, like, subtly brushing up against yeah. each other to see how the other one feels about mm-hmm. holding hands, maybe, and then just, like, right, kept doing that, like, just kept 
mm-hmm. lots of hand brushing. I felt oh my like God. I was on Pride and like the set of Pride and Prejudice. Oh my God. The back of my hand just kept brushing his. God, I'm just having flashbacks to something else that I'll talk about so, when we're done. So it was in that moment that he was, I, so he was like, oh, we can make it and just grabbed my hand and we're running. And I was like, oh no, I love this in I'm movies. I'm simply falling in love. I just like the trope of yeah. that happening in movies. God, I but, would be so smitten. So, but we got to the car, or like the car is a while away, but we made it across the crosswalk. He does not let go. He simply intertwines our fingers. Oh my God. I yearn. <laughs> the, the pit in my stomach is reaching out. <laughs> like he lifted our hands up to like very purposefully lace our fingers together and then we kept walking does he have any friends (laughs) um do you know what this is reminding me of the first time i did the whole brushing hands thing with a guy it was in marching band i was like a sophomore or junior and this guy we were like friends but he was more like really close friends with one of my really close friends sort of situation he was a year older than me And we, like, always walked back to the band room after practice sometimes together, and he would always brush his hands against mine, and I was like, oh, he's just being friendly, but then I was like, maybe, like, I'm getting a little bit of a crush, and I always thought it was a thing, and one time at a marching band competition, he gave me this, like, massage, like, back (gasps) massage, like, afterwards, and which, like, Kim knows me, my back is, like, always hurting, Um, and it was great that, like, I accidentally, like, moaned out loud. Because oh it was my the, God. not like because it was sexy, just because no, of like the because it's felt pure good. relief. Um, and then he like immediately like took his hands away after that. And I was like, oh my God, embarrassing. Um, and then Talk I was about just rom com moments. I Jesus. know, but here's the here's the catch. I was just seeing my friends from high school, and I mentioned his name, and they were like, oh him, he's gay. <gasps> and I was like, oh <laughs> damn, I did not see that coming. Yeah, I was like. Oh, okay. So this is just like a gay guy maybe like trying to see, like oh. question his sexuality maybe or like just being friendly and me reading it as flirting. Damn. Yeah. Anyways, at least neither of our love lives are as turbulent as this <sighs> fucking book that we're about to get into. Oh my God. Yeah. Turbulent is one way to put it. Also frustrating as fuck. Okay. So... <laughs> Give us the synopsis. Yes. Let me bring it up. So this is the synopsis of The Devil Wears Black by L.J. Shen. From USA Today, best-selling author L.J. Shen comes a second chance romance about love, loss, finding yourself, and getting lost in the right person. Maddie Goldblum stitched up a plan to ensure everything in her in her life was perfect, from a career in fashion to a chic NYC apartment to a pediatrician boyfriend. When her ex, Chase Black, storms back into her life with an outrageous request, her immediate reaction is to refuse him, but he only wants to fulfill his father's last wish. So even though he's the man who broke her heart, playing his fiancé shouldn't be hard, especially if it means she gets to watch the arrogant devil squirm a bit. What ensues is a chain of events that detonates Maddie's life, and when Chase's walls come down, they are both forced to face reality. They say, keep your enemies close, but what if your enemy is also the man you love? Ugh. Dun, dun, dun. Okay. Can I just say, we had such high hopes. Yeah. From the synopsis, we had such high hopes. I was also just hearing 
a lot about this and I will Did say you? yeah I was getting like a lot of buzz and I will say right as the buzz was peaking this stuff came out about LJ Shen being a bully oh yes let's so we should just address that I'm not too like well versed with really the details but LJ Shen has um this like blogger outreach program mm-hmm. for like bloggers, bookstagrammers, and she'll give like free um, advanced copies of her books to like up and coming bloggers. But if you uh, review her book less than four stars, she'll take you off the list. Oh. Um, and I think something came out about her bad mouthing it, but I'm not sure. So don't quote me on that. But um, that's where the whole right beef lies. Cause it's like, you say you like, you really support bookstagrammers and book bloggers and that whole community Mm -hmm. and yet you um, completely dismiss them if they give any one of your books less than four stars interesting yeah okay well that's so we're here to say that we are the furthest thing away from sponsored yes (laughs) this review is 100% organically just the two of us and Mm -hmm. our experience with the book we right. also don't know the ins and out of that situation. We also don't know LJ Shine as a person either. Yeah. So this is not an endorsement or a what is like the opposite the of the opposite of an endorsement <laughs> about the author. We're purely talking about the book. The writing. Yeah. And we obviously don't support bullying or any of that. Um but yeah, we had just like heard about that as we put the book onto the schedule and everything. So um, we figured why not talk about it. It was our first time reading LJ yeah. Shen. So. And we're, like I said, hashtag unsponsored. And if you want to change that, please reach out to us. Yeah. Rippingonpod at gmail.com. And you will definitely see from at least me talking and probably Kim as well, that even if LJ Shen thought about sending us stuff, she would she not do this after, after this episode. episode. Yeah. So let's break down the characters before we get into the novel. We have Maddie Goldblum, which, oh, I could have sworn this book was released in 2004. It just... It screams early 2000s. Or even just like early 2010s, like there's just a slew of indie books coming at you and this one just falls right into place. Because like if I just read it cold knowing nothing about it, and you asked me to date it, I seriously would have guessed that it came out around that era. Mm-hmm. Because Maddie Goldblum is the typical manic pixie dream oh my girl God. that I thought we all agreed to avoid writing from now on. Okay, this was my one of my big, big notes. And the other one is much sillier. She is so not like other girls. It hurts. It hurts so much. Oh, they make it such a point a, that her physical appearance that she's like she has a short pixie haircut uh-huh and she's a size six Ooh, Ooh. because she works in the fashion industry so that's lj like shun does not want to look at me she's basically <laughs> so she's a wedding dress designer yeah which it goes right up there with like weird jobs that people in rom-coms have Mm -hmm. for some reason and she loves flowers hence bloom being in her last name yes and she's a wedding dress designer but she has no fashion sense outside of that or at least she has a fashion sense it's a very strong one think harper finkel from wizards of waverly place where it's just a lot of atrocious patterns Mm -hmm. 
in a way that like I wanted to root for her so bad, but I had to ch- physically change the details in my brain. Yeah. So it wouldn't hurt to imagine. Because her outfits were like explicitly described and I'm like, please stop. This is making it hard for me. I hate that I agree with the misogynist mm-hmm. asshole boyfriend in the book. Yeah. But her outfits does sound like it would hurt me yes. and my eyesight. And talking about the misogynist asshole boyfriend, that's where we get most of the not like other girls stereotype. Yeah. Because he's like, like so in her, but she's like not like the other girls that he's dated before. Like right. that was literally explicitly said. Yes. Because like. He's like, she wears makeup, but not too much like other people. Or like, her breasts are a bit smaller. (laughs) Not like the other girls' breasts who are much bigger, but they're perfect for my hands. That hurts me and Uh, my A cups. I was just like, okay. She probably has like the perfect B cup that all of us want. Yeah, probably. From both spectrum, we're just like, damn. I mean, I would never get rid of my boobs. Nor should you. They hurt me, but I love them. Good. Thank you. But I... But I read that and I rolled my eyes so hard. Yeah. There's lots of notes. Um, It's hard to like pick out th- them because like my notes are just like the puke emoji or like <laughs> me saying ew. Um, but there's like so many of those where I'm just like, what the fuck is he saying right now? I'm like, I don't get his like weird admiration of like, she's not like anyone else I've ever seen. I'm like, have you not talked to normal people? Evidently ever? not. Chase Black yes. is the heir of the Black fortune. Of course. And think Chuck Bass. <laughs> oh my God. I did not make uh-huh. that connection. Except like Chuck Bass redeemed in a way that I'm like, eh, I can kind of get on board with it this. Slash Blair Waldorf was enough of a, also enough of a villain yeah. where they ended up together and you don't feel like Blair's in danger being, at any or, point. Or like being taken advantage of. Yeah. But at the end of this one, I was just like, really? I was like, Maddie, really? I was like, okay. Yeah, cool. I agree. Okay. But, but Chase. He... Uh, how to talk about Chase Black other than massive asshole, yeah. but not in an endearing way. Just massive asshole, period. Yeah. Like, he would be the person to be rude at people at, like, lunches or, like, a barista just because he can. Yeah. And he's, like, oh, And I think we've seen him do it. Yeah, he's, like, the it's book. no skin off my back. Like, whatever. Their existence doesn't mean anything to me. Yeah. Or I'm, like, like oh. you're. He literally has said that it, it, the book, that's why I'm, like, uncomfortable with it. Because the book made it seem like this is a normal and a good thing. Is that, oh, he might be an asshole, but he loves his family and the people he cares about. And I'm like, okay, but you shouldn't only care about other people Mm -hmm. unless they mean something to you. Just like at a baseline, you shouldn't just be a dick unless that person means something to you. That's not better. Also, like, who hurt him? Because we learn about Chase's backstory and it's like the most privileged existence. Like... We learn, like, about why he's he's mean towards women. women. <laughs> Which, granted, a big population. <laughs> but why is he just an ass to, like, everyone, everyone. else? I know. Because at least Chuck had an abusive father that we can yeah. 
point hang that on. Point the finger to. But Chase is like, I grew up with a loving family and loving lots of money. Parents, both of them, still together, still married, uh-huh. love their children in a normal, healthy way. Mm-hmm. For once, we don't have any parental abuse that we can point to in this book. Yay! Yay! <laughs> and yet, and yet, because one slimy person came into his life, who he then like tried to excise out of. Uh, yeah. He's just like, women are horrible. Me, 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 me. I'm just like, okay. okay. <laughs> sure, bud. And even at the end, that didn't change. It was just like, oh, I see that Maddie is different and special. Yeah. Therefore, I love her. But the rest of the women also still suck. What's that song? It's like, you are the only exception. <laughs> yes. Maddie is Chase's only exception. He's like, I can tolerate your presence. And I'm like, wow. Sounds like love. High bar. Yeah. Also, he, okay, and we'll get to it, but it's all about sex with him. Mm-hmm. And look, we are sex positive people. If this is your first episode, listen to our others and you'll yeah. be like, oh, those are two horny sex positive Horny, bitches. horny hosts. H-H. <laughs> But there comes a point in my romance novels where I need things to be sincere yeah, in a way for me to believe that, like, oh, you're actually in love with her. But mm-hmm. even at the end where he is like, oh, I'm in love with Maddie Goldblum, the immediate next thought is always something disgusting and sexual. Like, she gives a mean blowjob or, like, I yeah. spend forever inside her. And I'm like, okay. Let me just puke in the corner real quick and come back. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, like, he just doesn't. I don't think he does any critical thinking about Maddie, Maddie either. Like, no, not we'll at all. talk about this. Um, we'll talk about Maddie's other boyfriend in this book, but uh, Maddie's other boyfriend, Ethan, like gets her flowers because he's like, Maddie likes flowers. It's not even like a secret that yeah. Maddie likes flowers. Like he's she's told him that it's she so keeps obvious. flowers because her mom is an ex- is a florist. Yeah, who died. Right, and then Chase like has in his thing like. Oh, oh, that's such a smart move because flowers remind her of her, her mom. mom duh. Makes her feel close to her. Maybe I should have done that. It's like, what? Oh my fucking God. Do you have one brain cell up in there, bud? None. None. None for Nada. women, I guess. Nada. And the rest are the most of the main characters. There's the Black Clan, which is mm-hmm. Julian, Chase's older brother (laughs) stop i was trying to avoid saying that word biologically they're cousins raised as brothers raised as brothers so they're brothers so they're brothers and then their younger sister katie so those are the three yes children and julian is evil Mm -hmm. and that's it yes and um of course julian's like the only fat character too i will say fat and bald fat it's really unfortunate so we love a good villainizing fatness because i pictured like a gross old man after i read that and then Mm -hmm. it made it so much more uncomfortable because they're supposed to be brothers and julian felt was written like the slimy uncle the whole time yeah and what's um chase's father's name ronan Ronan. Okay. And Chase's father, Ronan, plays a big part because yeah. he's dying of cancer, which makes Chase like ask Maddie mm-hmm. and be like, be my fake girlfriend. So he's Ronan Black is the patriarch of the Black family who is, despite all 
stereotypes not a dick yeah he's just unfortunately dying yes he's a nice grandpa to his family as nice and uh, as nice as an aristocrat can be i guess and like an ironclad businessman Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. who has cancer very ned stark of him Mm -hmm. sorry i guess reading this book makes a lot of pop culture references so now i'm doing it you're on the same track well good for you i'm not (laughs) i'm not that sharp tonight that's okay um and then maddie only has one friend whose name is layla she lives across the hall i was just so impressed that you can even remember these names it's like i read this book and they just all went away they poofed she lives across the hall equally as manic pixie dream girl like Mm -hmm. and it's like she doesn't want kids and she leaves funky words on her door yeah she doesn't want kids and she's a kindergarten teacher and i'm very tired of authors throwing in as much as much quirks as possible on a character and then calling it characterization because that's not what it is i also just took a virginia wolf class and we had to read a very long essay where she wrote about characterization oh, okay so now i want to like You're like i know things i know things Don't look i learned something in college <laughs> um well maddie has i wouldn't maybe say they're friends but like they're important they're kind of important to the plot so um is her boss's name sven oh yes so she the wedding boutique designer place Think whatever every gay character yeah. every older gay male character ever and that's Sven. that's fun um and he like just helps her with her career later down the line in the book and then the mean <gasps> girl's name nina. nina i okay i have a point about that she is a bitch for no reason or because she's jealous of maddie because maddie's unlike other girls i'm not exaggerating yeah. that's the, what yeah. the book like that's why the book was like, oh, she's such a bitch to Maddie because she's jealous. Right. Nina's a quarter Korean. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, A, was that detail necessary? Yeah. I'm like, okay. B, you're telling me the only color, <laughs> the only character of a quarter color. Oh, geez. Is mean to the white main character because she is jealous? Say less. Mm. Say less. I was thinking yesterday about how disturbingly white this is mm-hmm. i'm just like yeah. and again that's why i thought it would be from like the early 2000s era yeah like this is set in like a big city right i'm pretty it- sure it's new york New York, right <laughs> okay i wanted to say but i didn't want to be pretty, like monopolizing i'm very sure it's literal new york city. okay it's literal new york city like goddamn white people do not own new york city it's literally full of immigrants. I mean, if we want to be really generous, we're talking about the one percent, like, yeah, upper Manhattanites, generational wealth, generational wealth, New York City. So sure, but at least Maddie should have. Maddie should have had some, some people in her life that weren't white. Maybe she'll pull a J.K. Rowling and said, Sven was black all along. What are you talking yeah, about? Like, Even though I didn't mention it. L- Layla's Latinx. I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> it's like, okay, sure. All right, so that's our cast of characters. That's our cast. Oh, there's also Ethan. Oh. <sighs> Ethan. Boring. Poor boy. Um, He's Maddie's pe- pediatrician boyfriend. They met online. He's what I call perfectly fine 
you know? He's just there. And he seems perfect on paper. And there's a lot missing. Uh, namely, characterization, any sort of personality. Um, and she and LJ Shen does this on purpose to be oh, like, yeah. Ethan, like- he has nothing going for him. You guys have no chemistry. And it's like, yeah, because he's fat. Not fat. <laughs> he's not bad at all. He's flat like a fucking piece of paper. Okay, so assigned homework for this podcast. If you ever the plot of this can essentially be summed up by the way I loved you. Oh my god, yeah. So just listen to that. If you don't if you want to listen to us because you're a fan, which thank you. Thank you. But you don't want to read this book, just listen to that song. It's like four minutes long. It's yeah. on Fearless. Please make sure it's Taylor's version of Fearless. Right. It's called That's the Way I Loved You, and that's the plot. You miss nothing. Yes. And you know what? One of my favorite Taylor songs, probably mm-hmm. like of all time, not mm-hmm. even just that album, dislike the book. So if you listen to the song and think that was pretty good, it's because Taylor Swift <laughs> is one of the greatest songwriters of our generation, if not the um, this book is not the greatest book of our generation. No, so. every character is a pale stereotype that mm-hmm. doesn't get fleshed out at all. At all. Yeah. It's hard to root for anyone when you only know like three tidbits. And they're all bad tidbits. Yeah. Chase, misogynist, always wears black all the time. Oh. And what else about him? Mean. His his dick just grows every time he thinks of Maddie. <laughs> he just gets hard all the time. I want us to have more male listeners because I really want to know, yes. are boners just that prevalent? Yeah, I'm like, does LJ Shen know? That's my question. But this has come up before. Like in Eve too, Jacob was constantly popping boners. Okay, but like this one, it was just like, outrageous Mm. he's like damn she's throwing that pumpkin bread against the wall and it kind of looks sexy and now i'm sporting a semi and i'm just like just go to the middle of the street and get run over please (laughs) oh no i'm like what the fuck are you talking about she's okay let's go into it because you are your hatred of this book is a lot more than mine and that's really interesting don't get me wrong it's not good i didn't like it but i don't I'm have, I have less animosity to it than I think you do. Well, I I wouldn't I would say hatred is a strong word. Okay. I think maybe I have so much animosity because I'm like bare bones. This could be a really compelling story. Oh, so like, you're just angry at the I, missed opportunity? Yes. And just like, okay, if you just delete Chase as as his personality, just like restart him. Yeah, just make a tolerable, make a tolerable person. I probably would have really liked this book. I'd have been like, okay, like that was compelling. Um, But God, he's just such an asshole. And I think like, I just, I was like, there's one thing of being like, oh, he's an, he's mean, he's a meanie, and that's like it. But there's like markers of like him being emotionally abusive in the beginning. Oh yeah, and that I was just like. Not even the beginning. Could not look throughout. Past. Throughout, but like very heavy handed in the beginning. Yeah. Where um, Maddie says she was le- 
not herself when they were dating. Right. And also, uh, where she is it? She changed parts of her personality to please him all the time. Mm-hmm. Was still flustered and constantly berating myself for saying the wrong thing in his presence. I'd always felt less, less attractive, less stylish, less smart. Ladies. I'm like, get out. Ladies and gents and non-binaries, they thems. Yes. Do If you start feeling that way in a relationship and you don't feel safe bringing those concerns up with your partner, right. reevaluate. Yeah. Right now. <laughs> so because of that, I was just like, oh, he's gross. Like, I don't think I can ever get behind this. Mm-hmm. And then he just like constantly sexualized her. Like you were oh, saying, yeah. he would always just like associate liking her and then like immediately really? say something about sex mm-hmm. that I was just like god even when you're like better a better man you've realized you're things. still just I'm seeing like, her as a as, as a, a piece of flesh yeah, yeah it was so gross so I just like really every time I was like getting into the like emotion like emotional parts of this get, book uh-huh and like, I got yanked out in, of it I always got yanked out and that like just frustrates the hell out of me because there's like a couple points where I was like crying and then it would like change to Chase's perspective. I'm like, no. Oh my God. Me too. Yeah. I didn't want to admit that I I cried a little bit. Yeah. No, I cried. I think twice. There's a note. It says, I said, damn it all. I'm crying on page 138. So it's like, no, even when. I disliked big parts of the book. It still got me, which I think reminded me being like, okay, there's some stuff here that's like really compelling and it sucks that I have to read through all this like muck to get to it. So I start this book with Maddie hating Chase's guts because they already had a relationship and it ended because Maddie thought he cheated on her Mm -hmm. and she's coming home from a Tinder date with Ethan the boring nice guy that we're not supposed to root for and chase is at her front door and was like hey you need a favor and she's like fuck you fuck off yeah and then of course gives in and we find out that his dad is dying of stage four prostate cancer and mm-hmm. her father la- and her father's last wish supposedly is to see chase like Settled down and taken care of. Right. So he was like, so conveniently, I never mentioned to my family that we broke up. Mm. And because my dad's dying and everyone's really depressed, I told them that we're engaged to make them feel better. And now you have to come to the lake house with us to celebrate the engagement. Right. And I think if earlier on we saw Chase being like really like having a hard time with and like grappling with his father dying and that like emotional fallout it would be easier to like empathize with him but in the way he approaches it is just like I'm going to use you again for my benefit correct and he didn't ask in a nice way either there was he was just a demanding dick the whole time yeah and spoiler alert now just because it's like not that it's relevant to the chase conversation it got really gross like i always get excited when i read the males pov because mm-hmm. it's all especially when it's some especially when the exterior of it of the male character is so unlikable yeah their pov is usually what salvages it because mm-hmm. you see into their internal lives yeah. but reading chase's and inter- like monologue only made him worse worse 
because he's truly just a bad person. I would rather just be like, oh my God, what is he thinking? And not see any of it. Because it's not good. Right. Because what he's thinking is like atrocious. Yeah. So we got to Chase's POV. And what had happened was he's like, he's hurt because his one girlfriend broke up with him and got together with his older brother. Mm-hmm. And that betrayal was just so great that he wrote off all women and love and just decided to like never give it a chance again. Boo hoo hoo. Yeah. Fine. But I'm really sure. tired of this trope where the man and his every single horrible action that he ever commits is pinned on one devil Delilah figure right. who hurt him in the past. I'm sick of it. Yeah. Um, and that figure is Amber, who shows up as the sister-in-law. Mm-hmm. And every single problem from the rest of the book on is somehow Amber's fault. Oh, my God. And I was like, oh, my God, please, a single man in this novel, take responsibility for your goddamn actions. Right. Like, she's in a loveless marriage. That takes two. Like, what the hell? It's not just, like, her being a bad parent, too. Like... They always mention, like, she's a shitty parent. It's like, so is Julian. Yeah. So at the end, it's revealed that, like, Julian was so horrible to his brother and vying for the CEO position because Amber was threatening to leave him. And then, like, he wouldn't have betrayed his family had this whore not, like, done that. And I'm like, oh, my God. Ew. (laughs) And it's only grosser in comparison to Maddie because those two get pitted up against each other a lot. And I'm like, oh, can you? I've never seen the Madonna whore complex done this explicitly. Yes. It's like, well, Amber has gotten around before and she's like not well behaved. She's crass sometimes. She never eats to maintain her slim figure. And then Madison is, of course, like, fun and loving and naturally motherly and a size six. Gasp. Yeah. It's like, okay. So. It's. <laughs> but, yeah, it's very aggravating to read. So, anyways, so um, because Amber hurt him so bad, Chase wore off all women and then found himself accidentally in a relationship with Maddie. I wanted what I wanted from Chase's POV is for a little bit of remorse. Yeah. Just to be like, oh, I wasn't ready for a relationship. So I freaked out and I hurt her on purpose, which Mm -hmm. is still not a great move. But at least it takes like responsibility. Yeah. But he was just like, she tricked me into having a relationship with her. And I didn't know that we were dating. I thought it was casual. And then she wanted me to meet her dad. And that's when I realized we were in a relationship. And that I still brought her to Christmas to see my family. Yeah, I'm always confused by him. And I think there is like some sort of remorse in that like confrontation in the third act when she's right. like you cheated on me he's like no, no I made I you think I cheated on you and what but and I'm like that's, sir that's what? not better that's more sociopathic than yeah the the first thing it's and he like, doesn't say like I'm sorry that's what I mean like I really wanted a sincere yeah. apology from him especially because he's seen her cry multiple times over him in this book mm-hmm. and there was never a I'm so sorry that I hurt you back then 
Yeah. He's like, I changed. I've lost you. And now I realize like you're worth any of that. No. It's just like, damn, she hot. I'm like, fuck off. He went and faked a whole cheating thing so that she would quote unquote break up with him, calm down and then come back as a more casual side as a more casual relationship and i was like that is straight up psychotic yeah yeah i'm also like what sort of like convoluted plot right to be like okay so i'm gonna write an asshole main character who cheated on um the The other like female main character but the catch is he never cheated on her at all and it was all a ruse because he's afraid of relationships it's like that doesn't make that doesn't redeem him at all like it makes it even like worse because he knew he was like actively going to hurt hurt her her. well yeah and that's what i that made me wonder about lj shen because she was like does she think cheating is bad because of the act alone no because for me cheating is bad because you're willingly hurting your partner and violating the trust that you two have agreed on in the relationship so making it a ruse simply makes the character worse because he is like, oh, I'm going to hurt her in order to manipulate her into coming back as a more casual right. relationship. Or And I was like, you're a grown man who is a COO of a whole company. You can't use your words to be like, hey, I don't want to be your boyfriend I'm not ready for I'm that. I'm not ready for that. Can we see each other in a casual manner? No, because Chase Black doesn't do communication. Clearly. Yeah. The, and even in the book, like Madison is like, that's more fucked up. And yeah. He's like, well, I've grown now. And I'm like, how? Because. Because you still tried to manipulate her the whole time. Right. I'm like, how can you say you've grown when you're like basically not blackmailing but like relying on like madison's like emotions and her past and like as a person who's lost her mother yeah from cancer yep like he is using that f- to his advantage so no you haven't grown yeah because you're still using her. yeah yeah big dislike from my end i just couldn't couldn't get on board with chase at all right and they're like that's so shitty because there were certain moments that were like actually really endearing and it just got ruined because the character is such a dick and maintained the dickishness the whole time. Right. Because for me the first scene where I thought like oh this could really turn around was at the at the dinner party. Maddie got really drunk mm. and went up to their room and like threw up and Chase I took care this. of her. And it was really sweet. It was a really sweet moment where right. she's like not in a good state. She's barfing all over the place, and he mm-hmm. like breaks the bathroom door down, help her, and he doesn't make a big deal. That's the one right. time he didn't like make a big deal about something that he did for her, mm-hmm. and like wiped her face, brought her to bed. There was yeah. this little bit of a sexual tension moment when he like has to undress her and like put her in a sweatshirt to sleep in yeah all excellent tension and relationship building mm-hmm. and then it didn't and then it just dissipates because 
this Ethan character exists and we have to like read scenes of like Madison and Ethan being together. I'm like, throw, throw that part of the book just in the trash that too. That was so unnecessary. Like there was yeah. enough keeping them apart that Ethan being there just like only made me more aggravated. And it's so just obviously a ploy to do a spinoff of, of Katie, Ethan and Katie's relationship. Yeah. So aggravating. Um, and also, I think that scene reads so well because as we learn, Madison or Maddie is so bad at accepting help. Like mm, her mm-hmm. nickname, which God, they hit you over the head with this one, is called Martyr Maddie. And so she'll just like always give, give, give and never like give to herself. Right. So him taking care of her is like a great sign. And later in the book... He'll walk her dog in the mornings. And it's just like those little things. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, yes. Like this is like a sign of not only like respect, but also love because you're seeing like mm-hmm. that she needs help and you're reaching to that and you're helping her and you're letting her like actually have some time to take care of herself. But. Ugh. Well, that was a really big point in the book why their relationship didn't work out at the beginning was because she was like, oh, I wanted a heating pad because I was hurting and like it would have really helped me out. And when I told him that's that's what I wanted for Christmas, he mm-hmm. like ignored me and got me a $10,000 pair of earrings that I don't give a shit about. Right. And that he, she would never use in her day to day. And he didn't understand that either. Like he also remembers the earring incident mm-hmm. and was like, oh, I don't get her. Like what? And like they never addressed that. Chase never formally was like, oh i see i should have gotten you she doesn't care about money right. she cares about and there's something like an intention in the third act where they're like talking about gift giving and he's like okay i'll just get you like ugly functional things from now here on out right it's like but do you understand why like i don't think he understands why yeah he's just been like grudgingly that- like okay sure yeah like that was my point is like yeah. I never saw Chase understanding the reasoning behind mm-hmm. like that. He was just kind of like, yeah, it's like another one of her quirks that she only likes cheap things. And I'm like, no, dumbass. No. It's not. <laughs> oh, it's so aggravating. Right. Maybe it just stems from him like never needing, never in need of like want of those things. Like, yeah, if he wants a heating pad, he can just easily get it where it's like Madison is being probably like underpaid or just like barely like living with her wage Mm -hmm. so it's like buying a heating pad that actually works well and will last a long time is like a luxury she cannot afford Mm -hmm. and is much more worthwhile than those earrings but he doesn't have that perspective at all and he never gains it yeah, and it's not even, like, sometimes, and at least for Maddie, too, you made that great point of, like, she doesn't do anything for herself, um, because she, and, like, she doesn't even pay attention to her own wants and needs a lot of the time, mm-hmm. so having someone to buy that would indicate that, like, oh, I've been watching you, and I see that you're hurting, and you didn't even think to, like, right get this for yourself, here's something useful. Yeah. And he never sees her in that, like, he never sees her person- Mm-hmm. The way, like, all of our great male characters that we've talked about has seen their partner. Yeah. I don't think he never fully just got that. Right. He doesn't have some, like, realizations, like, oh, this is who she is. It's just, like, 
She's weird. I don't get her. She's weird, but this is the pattern that I've picked up. And yeah. Not, and I don't care to look into the whys. Yeah. Uh, I know I shouldn't reread actor A.G. Brown, but maybe but I'll why just not? reread a couple scenes. But why not? Uh, I've already read it twice this year, Kim. I can't do it a third. Hard times out there, Jenny. I think you absolutely can. Yeah, but anyways, I'll just reread my favorite scenes because that... You act like I'm not going to watch Cooler from New Girl <sighs> right after this recording. Yes, we should. We I should. just... I want... I want... Like, the way Nick Miller sees Jess, mm. right, is what we should all strive oh for. Oh, my God. Yes. They understand please. each other so, so deeply. Mm-hmm. Oh, it hurts. Okay. It hurts. Well, we've we've gone on long about what we dislike about the book. What did you like? I do like some things. I do I'm too. Having trouble thinking of them right now. If I'm going to be honest. Okay, I'm going to bring up the scene I cried in. Let okay. Me, this is going to sound very bizarre, but I really liked the dead mom. Oh, actually, I did too. Yes. I will say they handled the dead mom better than other books that have talked about dead moms. Yes. So like every chapter, like every other chapter or so of Maddie's will open with a letter that her mom wrote her as her mom was passing away. Mm -hmm. And at first I was like, oh, this is kind of like cringe. Like this is a bit too like on the nose. mm -hmm. I agree. And then like, but then it got really good. It got really good. And I was like, oh. It hurts. It hurts. And then, like, she was sharing... The deeper the book gets in, like, we see Chase, like, actually start to grieve for his father, Mm -hmm. which is always a tricky thing to do um, when they're still alive. Right. It's It just sucks so much. And her, like, helping him through that was Mm -hmm. so poignant for me. Um, It was the first they hug on page 138 and and they didn't really like have much casual contact Mm -hmm. in their previous relationship yeah and she's just like comforting him and Mm -hmm. i'm pretty sure he's like close to crying and Mm -hmm. that sort of like emotional vulnerability just like hit me Mm -hmm. i was like okay this moment right here is what i want like the whole book to be like i agree i want it raw and just super like wide open Mm -hmm. and it would have been great i wanted chase black to actually be a good character like a good person that i could root for underneath all of the assholery which is normally mm-hmm. this normally that's what happens right like marcus in spoiler alert seemingly an asshole well but there are also characters but. who are assholes but like has a soft heart that right. the woman has to like unearth which is like fine it's kind of also a misogynistic trope but like i would take that over just to the core of him bad just more asshole yeah yeah so dead mom stuff was really great yeah i think i cried at one of the i think it was the scene where she went to her mom's grave yes and was just like i also cried during that yeah, and just, like, talked to her about stuff that's going on. Mm-hmm. Was like, I really miss you. Oh, but, like, it's that casual part of grief mm-hmm. where it's, like, it's been so long that now you just talk to someone that's not there. Yeah. In a, like, catching up way. Like, she's like, oh, like, I got this promotion at my job. Right. And, like, 
Daisy peed on like Daisy's her dog. Mm-hmm. Um, my dog peed on the, this person's shoe, and I wish you were here so you would help me through this Chase Ethan stuff. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, and there's also that contrast between like how she handles her grief now years mm-hmm. in the future and how chase is dealing with it now all, i think like, yeah that present that juxtaposition is really great where chase c- doesn't even want to admit to himself that his dad's dying most mm-hmm. of the time and it's like now maddie has come to terms with it and she's like talking to her mom which is like an extreme amount of like bravery that chase doesn't have mm-hmm in the moment like she's able to like acknowledge her mom's death and like still find a relationship in there um yeah so i think they did grief well well which is a hard topic to do well like the easy stuff flubbed up Mm -hmm. but you're telling me the shining moment in this book that i actually enjoyed was the dead mom right that's a that's a trope i normally i'm just like oh i don't really like it because people don't really handle it well yeah it's either like really boring or it's just like just emphasizes the tragedy in a way mm. that like the story doesn't need but this was like a perfect middle of like maddie and her dad have in some respects moved on in different ways but yes. they still have that like presence like still have that memory and that love for right. they still honor her they like still in honor their day-to-day her. Yeah. Um, And I also think actually like Chase's side of like his grief is pretty good too. Like him sort of like in denial about his father and like not wanting to recognize like, okay, like your life is going to change. I think hit hard um, for me. Not that my mom like had cancer or anything, but when she did get like her RA and fibromyalgia diagnosis, it's like, okay like you've been in extreme pain for years and we're only seeing it now and like it's just going to like further and so that like sort of like slow it's much slower pace but it's like it's hard to like recognize in your parents that like there's some things that they like can't control Mm -hmm. and especially in Ronan being like this big businessman and being like always in charge I think that was like a really good moment Whereas, yeah. like, Chase has to realize that his father can't, like, be this protector the entire time. And, like, eventually he's going to fall. There's some, like, humili- humility in that that I found really yeah. good. Oh, boy. Yeah. So they did the hard... LJ Shen did the really hard stuff well. Uh-huh. And most everything else not. Not. And... I mean, I don't, it's, there's not a lot of the plot that is worth talking about because it's just like, oh, there's the ruse, there's hijinks. Yeah. But the hijinks weren't even fun. No. There wasn't any, like, comical thing. There was, like, that one scene where they, like, had to do an engagement photo shoot. Yeah, but that wasn't And fun. it was fine. It was fine i also don't get it because in the year of our lord 2021 engagement photo shoots don't happen inside a studio with a backdrop and some lights right like that's why because i i had such a hard time mentally coming up with something that looked good instead of awkward because the scene was written where it's like they go into this photography studio there's an 80s backdrop and the photographer is like 
now hug her from behind, whisper sweet nothings into her ear. And I'm just picturing a bad 80s prom shoot. And I'm just like, oh, it's not sexy. The scene is supposed to be sexy. Yeah, I think I was like kind of remembering when I had to do like my like high school senior like pictures. Yeah. And obviously that's not great. Like, sure, some of the pictures turned out well. Some of them absolutely bad mm-hmm. like geez they don't look good and there was supposed to be a lot of sexual tension in that moment because they're like having to touch and they don't really touch because she hates him and like that's where a lot of the sexual tension was supposed to be mm. built and i couldn't get go along with it because no i didn't ew. get much sexual tension from there the only thing i like took from that scene was like oh their mom is like just she knows what she likes and she won't change and she's kind of stuck in the past sort of thing. So maybe like she'll have a hard time on Instagram at all and has seen an engagement photo shoot happen in the last five years. They're all in a field somewhere. Yeah. It's always like golden hour with that weird like yellow filter. Uh huh. The girl's always in like a boho dress with like some sort of flower crown in her hair. At least in the South. At least in the, yes. I was about to say. Other people like California, New York, Chicago people might do it differently. Okay, but then it's a beach. Right. <laughs> it's like there's always some sort of like You're normally sort outdoors. of looking basket, like woven something or other. <gasps> Definitely like a sign that's like Mr. and Mrs. Gag. And they're not holding hands, but they're holding parts of the sign and they're like walking. Yeah. 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 I'm unfortunately thinking about... Um, Tana Mojo and Jake Paul's engagement photo shoot from back when they had a fake marriage. You looked at that? Yeah. Do you have that in your memories? Oh, God. I unfortunately watched that whole saga play out. Like, I would, like... You watched the MTV show about Tana... N- no, I watched someone doing a commentary on Tana Turns 21. Thank <laughs> you very much. Um, I have some self-respect. A smidgen. My bad, my bad. But... I also at the time um, was subscribed to Tana Mojo because I did not know about her controversies, and I'm was, not gasping because I I don't care. Like I subscribe to Power Mountain people, I really don't yeah. give a shit. I'm surprised that you could withstand her personality pre controversy. There is just something like so compelling about her being a train wreck. Um, but she would like make so many collabs, like her and Jake Paul would collab so much, being like, We're getting married, our engagement photo shoot. Oh my god, I caught him cheating and I was just like gobble that up. So I remember vid- vividly the first time I knew about Tana Mojo was it was a story time video with her and Gabby Hanna, I wanna oh. say. And I just need I knew neither of them. Mm-hmm. I for some reason just like because it was like a probably it was like a clickbaity title that right. I was like okay we'll it's see like on your and both of them emanated such strong mean girl vibes that I was just immediately like not for me yeah good for you nothing was wrong with what they were saying in that video specifically but the way she was telling the story I was just like oh uh uh-uh. this is taking me straight back to middle school mm-hmm. gotta go gotta blast this. Ooh, I hate her. <laughs> yeah. I think I'd seen memes of the, he fucked me with a toothbrush. What? Okay. And not what the I- point. Anyways, whatever. Um, 
what were we even talking the photo shoot <laughs> um okay also another scene that comes to mind between maddie and chase that i liked and i mentioned it earlier the post-its oh yes they trade notes back and forth which I, is the only real flirting they ever do yes and like quite good banter it is good banter now do it in person i was like please i was like where's this chemistry like them teasing each other yeah but not in a mean way not in a mean way not like in a you actually suck like i'm attacking your personality yeah that that scene was great because essentially chase would walk daisy maddie's dog out in the morning and let maddie sleep in for the first time in like years Mm -hmm. um who sorry now that we're bringing up the dog, the mm-hmm. dog was a gift from Chase. What kind of psychopath? Yeah, what the fuck? What kind of psychopath gives somebody... Okay, we should just go ahead and do Simper Psycho. Yeah. Sorry this episode's chaotic, but we use this term a lot. So let's just go let's ahead go. where we evaluate to see if the main character is a simp or a psycho. Not that this verdict is going to surprise anyone. No. But psycho points. Psycho points. Pretended to cheat. To emotionally ma- manipulate his partner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a big one. Give somebody... gives that partner a dog. Why would you give your partner a living, breathing thing if you don't even want to be their boyfriend? Right. What? Like, make it make sense. Also, her lease does not allow pets. It just goes to show how selfish and yeah. unaware he is. But, but I feel like even the most psychotic person should understand that giving someone a puppy is a is a marker of Big interest moves. yeah of like um what is it called laying commitment yeah it is because that puppy jesus like even if they're in bad health they will live for like nine years and it's a lot of time to train and everything and it's like you're not going to be there you're just going to give me this dog and and blast Lies to his whole family. Yeah. Psycho points. Yep. About his engagements. Emotionally blackmails. Emotionally blackmails his ex that he already deeply hurt. Yeah. What else? Refers to his brother as a brezen. Okay. That's not psycho. That's just lame of him. That's just lame. I think it's psycho for LJ Shen to have written (laughs) the phrase brezen and made me read it. Okay, but we're not... (laughs) Okay, my bad. Okay, sim points. I don't... Kept the orchid alive. Yeah, so Maddie, because she's a florist's daughter, one of her ways to, like, read people is, like, how they take care of their plants, which I, in my opinion, isn't fair, mm-hmm. but whatever. Like, she thinks that how people treat plants and treat flowers is a marker of how good and caring they are because they're living things. So when she was between Ethan and Chase, they had this bet because the azaleas are apparently really hard to keep alive. And I don't know anything about flowers. So. Oh, azaleas, not orchids. My bad. But essentially, she was like, okay, fine. Like, we'll do this wager. You keep you keep azaleas. I'll give Ethan azaleas. And whoever keeps them alive is the better man. Yeah, like more caring. Okay, dumb. But he did secretly keep the azaleas alive mm-hmm. for her. He did. He took care of her while she was drunk, even mm-hmm. though that's like basic human decency, but whatever. We'll give it to him. 
Uh, this isn't simp because it's not like a Maddie thing, but he is really sweet to his niece. That's it, like the one person that he doesn't hold contempt for. Yes. Uh, he bought the wedding dress she designs at the very end. Yeah, in order to propose. Which, cringe. Is kind of manipulative. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm really trying here. Yeah. What else does he do? Not much. Not much. He brought her lunch. One time. Yeah. Oh, God. I forgot about that whole plot of him. I didn't because I'm a Vietnamese person. Apparently, he brought her pho. And then later on, LJ Shen said something about a shrimp in his soup. No. Shrimp does not belong in pho. Mm -hmm. Do not talk to me. (laughs) It's fine. I'm being nitpicky, but gross. Yuck. Do your research. Yeah, he doesn't he doesn't do much for redemption. Everything he does that's like semi sweet has a hint of ulterior motive to it. For sure. Yeah. And if you disagree, please email us at rivingonpod at gmail dot com and we would love to hear love opposite opinions. Yeah. Um I'll say pretty strong psycho for this one. Yeah. I final verdict is definitely psycho. Definitely I want psycho. him to see a therapist so fucking badly and can maddie also see a therapist because i agree (laughs) you have you should have better self-worth than this and that's the thing is like this book acts like she grows as a character because she sheds the whole martyr maddie thing behind or she leaves it behind and becomes like just normal she literally just states her opinion but all she does now is be quote unquote sassy lj shen another note stop using the adjective sassy no aristocrat who's dying of prostate cancer (laughs) about to hand over his estate to his son is gonna use the word sassy ronan used the word sassy describe maddie yes in a positive way what why also he also said at some point he looked at chase and was like you make sure not to lose your friendship with, um, Julian. No, mm. it was his other friend. That oh, oh, that fr- it was his name, Mark. It, it was a cardiologist that he's friends with. Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever. Don't lose Maddie. They please me. Who the fuck talks like that? The, yeah, I'm like my minions, my subjects. They're pleasing. They please you. It's like. Okay. It's like they fulfill their purpose. Maybe that's where Chase got some of his yeah psychotic tendencies. Mm. So bizarre. What else do we have to talk about? We can do, did they call it a clit? Except for as sexual as Chase yeah, was about is, to say. there is not a lot of actual sex in this book for yeah. us to dissect, is there? So many fucking boners. But, what, was there only one sex scene? There was two. There were two. So the first one happened, I don't even remember. I don't either. That's how memorable this book is. Okay, so Final Verdict, Psycho. And then, according to a search, they called a clit a clit. I'm control effing this. Um, so apparently, you know, as it is with the stereotype, Chase Black is a sex god. Of course he is. Um, and Maddie is constantly thinking about how good it 
how good, how out of this world their sex is. And was trying really hard the whole time not to fall back into bed with him. Mm-hmm. So we didn't get a sex scene until three quarters of the way in or like halfway in. Yeah. Chapter 18. And it says 72%. a lot. It says a lot about how badly this this relationship has developed that I wasn't even looking forward to it or excited about it. Right. And oh, their second sex scene is in a bathroom. Is in a bathroom at and he visits her, her work, and she's like Loki, like I don't want to really do this. This is gonna like be Ruin. very bad for me if someone finds out, which, which someone does. Happens, yeah. Um, so I'm like, dude, can you just like see that she isn't too sure about it and just be like, okay, some other time. But no, 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 no. Because Chase wants to have sex, and Chase gets what he wants. Ugh, it's so gross. It is. I like it. I want to like this storyline, but the character is just so mm-hmm. irredeemable. I've read and love assholes before. Talk about irredeemable assholes. We are Damon Salvatore stands. We really are. And you know what? He just unforgivable things in the first season to caroline correct he is a confederate soldier deserted deserted Des- he, confederate did de- soldier. he did desert thank god um and yet here we are simps for, uh-huh. for damon and the thing is chase black has damon salvatore coloring and it makes me really upset oh god yeah well i always pictured him as blonde no matter what I, your brain just can't handle it you're just like i have to reject this it's like it, c- it cannot look like someone i would actually be attracted to so but canonically but canonically dark hair dark hair blue eyes it's like when a white author says tall dark and handsome and what she really means is a white dude just with dark hair and dark eyes jace has blue eyes does he LOL. It's legitimately Damon Salvatore coloring. Like, I remember it so vividly because I was like, damn, if I don't like this character, (laughs) it's going to be real bad. Kim, as the minutes pass on, the more and more I forget about this book. (laughs) It's it's leaving me now. It's just going. Okay, then we gotta wrap this up before you yeah. just control alt delete the whole. whole <laughs> I thing really want your memory. I really want to. Oh, as an aside, so this is like in a subgenre of romance called bully romance, and I think because we like assholes, we probably would enjoy other bully romances if they were done well. Listen, I know I do. I don't remember the titles. But I do like stories where they meet as grownups and like after high school and like the jock is like now a better person. Yeah. And is no longer a bully, obviously. But Mm -hmm. the nerdy girl that he like picks on or whatever. Yes. Is now hot. I would love to read a bully romance done well. And I think also what helps me is that time in between them being a bully and them not. It's like, oh, okay, like you've grown. And I need an actual fucking apology, please and thank you. Right. So if you all have any bully romance wrecks that you think are better than The Devil Wears Black, please let us know. Please. Because I just want to read some 
angsty asshole who feels bad about what he's done in the past. Because we have a lot of childhood wounds that we would love to fictionally fix. I would love to imagine that, like, I go to New York and I bump into someone who, like, bullied me in middle school and I, like, don't want to hang out. But they're like, please, I don't have many friends here. And I'm like, well, I just moved here, so I don't either. And then we fall in love. Not Glee doing that storyline. Did they? Uh-huh. <laughs> Between who? <laughs> so they were in New York. Uh-huh. Blaine and Kurt broken up. Oh, Blaine well. Kavinsky. Oh, Blaine uh, and Kavinsky. Yep. Okay, okay. Also in New York. Loki, I didn't mind it when it happened. No, me neither. That's what I'm saying. Because, like, he had good reason to be a bully because... Well, well no. He, it was understandable. It was understandable that he was a bully and then he apologized. Right. Because yes. he targeted them because he was gay himself. Right. And not, it's understandable he's a bully. Y'all know what I mean. Yes. Um, Like, okay, like I can kind of see where he's coming from, but like Chase is just like a bully to be a bully. Yeah. Because literally no, thrill. no trauma. No. Amber hurt him as a teenager. Yeah, they did like throughout college. Uh, oh, yeah. But that's like early 20s. And it doesn't shape you. Like, not that early... Yeah. Not that stuff in your early 20s shapes you at a person, but just, like, the way that he acts, you can... T- mm-hmm. It's just kind of like, oh, that's how he's been... For a long for time. For a long time. Yeah. And he's not making any move to... Change to out of that. Because, yeah. like we said, it wasn't, oh, my bad. I shouldn't let the actions of one woman affect how i view all women it's just oh i found the one person that i can trust and she would never do this to me right. because she's a perfect angel god make it stop yeah all right Sex what scene, else do we have? not memorable but at yes. least they called a clit a clit i can't remember any horrifying metaphors i can't either so yeah it's a silver lining silver lining yeah wow well, sorry we're such just the more I talk about this book, the more I realize that, like... You didn't actually like it? <laughs> I didn't actually like it. I don't know why I thought I did. I don't know either, girl. <laughs> no, like, to be fair, I didn't... Just... I was never under the pretense this was a good book. Okay. Yeah, I... We can pull up the text messages right now. I remember saying, no, it's not good. <laughs> yes. And you know what? I don't think... But I didn't I want to quit reading it at some point. You didn't? I did not. Like, I, I wanted to see how it was going to pan out. I wanted to quit reading, like, the first 25%, and then I was like, ah, you got me. Mm. I'm here. It's like, going to finish this. And then I was like, well, I really have to finish this for the podcast. I really hate the ending. So they get, you. yeah. Oh, God. I'm always, so, like, you know, a little disappointed with romance novels that end in proposals because I just find it, like, super cliche. Like, give it to me in the epilogue. Like, whatever. Yep. Um, yeah. But anytime it happens, like, on page, I'm always just, like, a little skeeved out for some reason. Like, it feels a bit too perfect. So, especially for all of the problems that were unresolved with how psychotic the groom is, mm-hmm. it felt extra rushed. Yeah. Do tell. Um, so essentially the third act thing happens where the dad dies because of course he does. Of course he does. And of course it's in the third act, Mm -hmm. which is the thing that finally breaks through Chase's rough exterior. exterior. (laughs) 
Oh, God, it's just so cliche, not even in a fun way. It's just cliche written in the worst thing way possible. So it's, oh, anyways. So they have a little bit of reconciliation. They decide to be friends mm-hmm. because now that his father is dead, there's no reason to keep the bruise up. They're both are they're both in love with each other again at this point. But they're like, oh well. Oh my god, I forgot about this. We can be friends. Oh god, Kim. And then she what? I forgot about the text messages and the deleting things. <gasps> oh, I wanted to bring it up when you were talking about the post-it notes. Oh, sorry. This episode is so chaotic, you guys. Oh, wow. So if You can really tell I'm forgetting things. During their friendship, they now graduated from leaving passive-aggressive notes to each other to just straight-up texting them to each other. Yes. And it does say explicitly, texting. And I'm making that distinction. I was so confused. I'm making that distinction because what planet... Does LJ Shen live on where you can delete messages after you have sent them? I don't know, but they keep texting each other being like, I love you, but I don't know how to say it because I'm afraid I'll lose you. Or like, I'm madly in love with you and blah, blah, blah. Like all this. And then they delete it. No, after sending it. After, after sent. So they send it. Then they delete it. They remove it from after. the chat. So then the other person's like, "What did you just remove from the chat?" Because apparently their phone notifies them that like, yeah, Chase has removed one message or like Maddie has removed one message. Right. It's like when you get a notification that someone stopped sharing their location with you. Right. 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 So that's a big gamble to take, you guys. Yeah. I'm like, what if they like were, were on their on their phone because you're texting because you're in the middle of a conversation. I know. Like what? And it's what? just a, it's another attempt at building up the tension. I love, I love a good payoff after mm-hmm. just pages and pages of yes. tension. Mm-hmm. This wasn't it. it. It ain't it. It ain't it. This isn't like, God, I'm making so many pop culture do references. Do it, do it. But this isn't like he... This isn't like in the You Belong to Me music video where he closes the blind and Taylor Swift spells ah! up the I love you sign sadly oh at the window, okay? And then Lucas Till has his own I love you sign. That is revealed later oh, in the video. That's so good. Oh, God. I'm going to have, after we finish. Absolutely. Watching on it. Watching this. Oh, my God. It's not that. It, it ain't that. And you know what that is? A four-minute music video. And yet. And yet it made me feel so much. So this much. This 200-plus like, page Please book. open the window. Please see that she loves you. I know. Oh, my God. The way, like, the first time I watched that, my heart, like, stopped <laughs> seeing his I love you back. I was like, The way that video romance. has made my life goal to be living across from someone I have a crush on Please. just so I can do that. But I've never had my window face another person's window, no. which is a good thing. I want to say, Great. I ne- like, realistically, you should never want yeah, that. because that's a horrible home design. But. But. Give it to me. Fictionally. Yes. And you know who else? We're just going on tangents now. Who are we? Um, because we want to talk about things we like. Yeah. You know who else? Well, I don't necessarily like Riverdale, but they also do the window pining thing mm-hmm. between Betty and Archie mm-hmm. in the early seasons mm-hmm. that like, oh my God, my bread and butter. In short, Taylor Swift's influence on pop culture everywhere. <laughs> yes. 
but it was not present in the devil wears black yeah i mean just like deleting messages from the conversation to ratchet up the sexual tension wasn't it because i was so stuck on the who the fuck lets you delete text messages after you sent them make it make sense oh god yeah it wasn't it wasn't great um and so then the end comes and they're just like friends they haven't had a love you reveal and Maddie, for the last, like, third of the book, has been working on this, like, wedding dress design for, like, the big... It's like the showstopper. The showstopper. Um, and it's not like other dresses. <laughs> and also, I'm sorry. I, I, it sounds hideous. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? It's like this long... Okay, it has us lace full sleeves. Uh-huh. And then Kate Middleton, who? Yeah, a three foot train mm-hmm. and a ball gown silhouette and with some cream detail. Like it's an off white. It's the ball it's gown not silhouette that, that really makes me think that it's like ugly as shit. Right. Because that silhouette hasn't been in style again since the early 2000s. Yes. What decade is she living in? Just give me like, if it's going to be long sleeves, simple line, elegant train yeah easy as that is it but there is a low v yes which makes the ball gown skirt worse worse and it's off-white as a cream yeah which like i'm fine with but but together but together all all of those things i was having a hard time and the thing is we're making a big deal of it because the dress is present in the book it's not like a minor detail she is wearing it to to model it right at the show because the model drops out and maddie has to do the modeling for the show and lo and behold who's there it's chase the model didn't drop out the model doesn't exist right this is a long con so that she's in the dress when he proposes to her right you know because he's a psychopath Did they explicitly say the model didn't exist? No, but I think that's why. Okay, that's like, what I think. Because the whole time well. the model was just like, oh, she can't make it because. Right. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, I also thought that, but then she never said anything, and I was like, okay. I think cool. once it's revealed that Chase is the super secret buyer of the dress. Yeah. So Chase buys the dress even before maddie walks out on the runway so sven her boss is like don't worry about it we've already sold the dress it's gonna be a hit just go out there and then chase like shows up and i'm a bit fuzzy on the details um retrograde amnesia as we mentioned um so like he shows up right before she's about to walk off and she's like feeling super nervous and she's been like throwing up and he like makes a whole he does the whole love declaration thing and he proposes to her and i'm like y'all haven't, haven't even, even dated, dated successfully like ever and then you, you haven't you oof. were breaking out to hives about the being somebody's boyfriend like two weeks ago and now, and now, now you like, want to be a husband and then i think this is the worst part of it all he picks her up bridal style and walks her down the runway plops her down at the end like where you're seeing everyone um and then talks to the audience and she's just like standing there 
And I'm like, this is my worst nightmare. And the thing is, he was like, I know this is a great idea because Maddie's a romantic. So this grand ass gesture happening in front of absolutely everyone she knows professionally and personally is a great idea. And I'm like, no. As a romantic? As this a romantic? Me. How dare you? Like, I don't want, like, my, this relationship that I've been keeping a secret professionally for good reason, because he's, like, the boss of the boss of the boss of the boss, to be revealed at the biggest night of my professional career, where you kind of make me look like a fool because I can't even model the dress well, uh-huh. because you're holding me in bridal position uh-huh and it's very like look at my prize also manipulative because what is she gonna do say, say no. no right it's very just like i won this this is I'm what we're successful. talking about is he never successfully sees maddie even at the end mm-hmm. like at the proposal it's just he just makes assumptions about what he thinks romantics are Right. And then did it. And, and she's like... And Maddie likes it. For some ungodly reason. Because but Maddie is uncomfortably shy. That is a yeah. personality trait that has been there. And she was throwing up. She's throwing up. And then Moments all of a sudden before modeling. Because she's putting the, thought, the spotlight on her. The thought of her being in the spotlight was so nauseating. Yeah. And she wants to get proposed to in front of everybody. Are you high? Yeah, it's just a big no. So... I brought this point up about the realities of big gesture last time. And I think this is a really great comparison to what we were talking about because grand gestures aren't grand because of the amount of money you spend on them or the amount of people that are Mm. there or like the actual material grandiosity of it. It is grand because of how much effort that goes into it. It's the effort and thoughtfulness and thoughtfulness. Like Mm -hmm. it's, It's grand because it shows that you spent a lot of time and intention thinking about what your partner would like. Yeah. Uh, Beyond the, oh, she likes pizza. We'll go to this restaurant. But it's like at her core, she will enjoy this. Mm -hmm. Therefore, I'm going to go out of my way to make it happen. Yeah. And even something as simple as like in Act Your Age, Eve Brown, where Jacob buys shared eye airpods so that they can listen to music that's a grand gesture because it communicates i'm not bothered by you listening to music anymore i i want to participate i want to participate i want to be a partnership and also like accepting like her her quirks quirks that come with her autism as well it's like or like or like her taking notes for him without asking because it shows all of that same thing yeah accepting him wanting to participate wanting to be a partner to him so instead of reading the devil wears black we implore you to read actor age Eve brown again true romance just i i don't even know i don't even know what i would do in me in both situation other than weep on one hand happily like you know in the good situation where it's the good gesture that i want i weep happily but then if i get proposed to in front of people oh i would throw up 
on the spot. I think I would try and like be composed and then immediately out of the public. I, I will like, try, but fuck? I think you'll see me turn green and everyone's going to be like, oh, oh shit, she's about to blow. Yeah. I, I really wear my emotions quite clearly on my face. And you're already so pale that if you go even paler. Listen, it's scary. I've seen myself pa- paler. Thinking, yeah, everyone's like, oh, she's a moments from passing out. Yeah, it's like, oh, well, okay, she's gone. Don't do it. Just don't do it. Also, th- just think about the optics, okay? Like, you know your partner. You know what they like. If they love a public proposal, go for it full steam ahead. Of course. But if you, A, never talked about marriage. Yeah. And you're going to put them on the spot like that, reevaluate. Please. And then watch a YouTube compilation of public proposals gone wrong. Oh, my God. There are YouTube compilations of those, and they're fucking fantastic. Oh, my God. So on our list is the Cooler episode from New Girl. The oh, you I, I assigned a lot of homework today. Video and what um, compilations of public proposals gone wrong. Also, for extra credit, just listen to The Way I Loved You. Yes, that one as well. Of course, of course. Wow. So lots of homework, um, lots of alternatives, because as I'm sure you can tell, I do not recommend The Devil Wears Black. Yeah, let's let's go ahead and rate it now. Mm-hmm. I Do you want to go first? Yeah, um, I think my rating might actually surprise you a mm-hmm. bit. Mm-hmm. So because I didn't hate all aspects of the book. So first... The Goodreads review I mentioned way back when, um, as it's coming up, it's just, she's simply not good. <laughs> and it was a two-star rating from me. I also gave it, well, not stars, because we have our, we're different, Jennifer. Oh. We're oh. not like, we're not like other platforms. Not, yes. My bad. <laughs> My B. We are giving it. Two out of five roped bodices. Of course. Two out of five roped bodices. Is that yours as well? Yeah. And here I came in. Kim was like, I really think I have a different opinion than you. And we won't agree. Like, we're going to, like, have different approaches. Well, you were just more emphatic about how much you disliked it. That I, for a moment, was like, are we reading different books? Mm. Because nothing was so egregiously offensive that I was like, oh, like, ew. I think it was just, honestly, Chase Black's constant hard-ons. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm just like, stop it. Please. I think you, like, I think it started off really bad for you and got better. Yes. And then I had the opposite experience where it was like, okay, I see the light at the end of the tunnel. JK Mm. is a reflection from broken shards of glass. (laughs) There is no light. You've been fooled. I mean, the proposal and stuff left a bad taste in my mouth, but I liked them being like friends. Oh, we forgot. She was pregnant. She was pregnant at that what? proposal. Oh, God. I read that and then just bloop, bloop. <laughs> it's gone. <laughs> it's just cliches on top of cliches on top of cliches. Yeah. If I don't like a proposal at the end of the book for a romance novel, I really don't like a pregnancy at the end. Well, and so the epilogue is her giving birth. Wait, there was an epilogue? Is there an epilogue? Which is the ending scene is her giving birth. There's a flash forward. 
Oh, God, did I not read the whole book? No, you read it because you were the one that was like, did they imply that he had a 12-inch dick? dick? Because Oh, I did read it. He's still making sexual advances while while his wife is in pain in labor. Oh, God. Giving birth. Can he please stop? If my fucking cervix is four centimeters dilated, which, God willing, will never happen. I don't want children. Yeah. And my fucking partner at my bedside chooses that moment to be like, well, you know, I can put another eight inches in you. I will reach down their throat, grab their stomach, (laughs) yank it out the other end. Because what the fuck? Stop talking. What the fuck? Yeah. Also, how big's his dick then? Eight inches? Eight inches. Yeah. And I think he meant I can put another eight inches on you on top of the four that you're already dilated, which makes no No sense. sense. (laughs) Because, ooh, don't touch her cervix when she's giving birth. What if, I know this physically can't happen, but I was just like, are you trying to poke that baby's soft spot with your dick, sir? It's just, there's so many things like that where it feels like this is like a man trying to write like a woman writing I a man. I swear to God, I think, are we sure? Yes, I'm okay, sure. If you look in the Kindle edition, there are two listings for The Devil Wears Black. One is under a man's author's name and one is under LJ Shen. They're the same covers. Are you sure someone's just not trying to make a quick buck off of her? Maybe, but would Amazon author like it? Would Kindle show both listings? Who knows? But L.J. Shen, the author, promotes themselves as a woman. Yeah. Okay. So that's all we know. But the the Brian something version is a dollar cheaper. Fun fact: it's three ninety nine instead of four ninety nine. Hmm. Well, anyways, have not we worth, accidentally uncovered? Not worth your money something? either way. But yeah, it was gross. Yeah. Don't read it, but do enjoy the plenty of other alternatives that, yes. we've, <laughs> that we've discussed, discussed before on this podcast. And next episode, hopefully we'll have better luck Yes, with Sweet Hand by N.G. Pelletier. Let's hope. Yes. All right. Thank you for listening to our episode of Ripping on Bodice Rippers. Mm-hmm. Please rate us five stars on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you're listening, and recommend us to your friends, family, whoever you think might enjoy this. Your babysitter. Who knows? Oh, no. <laughs> you're too young. You have a babysitter. <laughs> I take it back. Okay, we're delirious. <laughs> we're going to go. But our Gmail is ripping on ribbingonpod at gmail.com please email us we want to mm-hmm. we want to hear you guys we do we want to read we want to make friends and our twitter and instagram is at ripping on pod yep yep <laughs> that's it <laughs> and until next time don't fall in love with your bully that's it <laughs> that's my piece of advice